Yeah, it's just I'm I'm trying to get a sound check here. Hey everybody, this is Maverick with the BTS Gaming Crew here, joined by my two amazing co-hosts, Michael. How goes it, everybody? And John. Hey guys, how's it going? And today we have our guest, Charles. Hey everyone, so happy to be here. Joining us here to actually give us, mm, I want to say, a deep dive into the world of Marvel Legendary, amongst a couple other topics that we're going to go over today with Charles. Charles, why don't we start first by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I started getting into tabletop gaming probably close to late 2012, early 2013. Um, I'm currently located in the Bronx, New York. Uh, I like to go to uh, conventions big and small in the New York area. And my emphasis or my interests, I like comics, I like comic book characters, I like comic book movies, but I really like cooperative games and deck builders. Okay, and that's like a perfect example of Marvel Legendary, right? Yeah. Yeah, to describe <laughs> to describe Marvel Legendary is a comic book cooperative deck builder. You definitely get that good heroic cooperative feel for the most part in Legendary. Right, then it's the the cooperative part, right? Because you're playing alongside your teammates, and if y'all don't win, the mastermind wins, right? Yeah, technically, it's a semi-cooperative game, which is they're pretty. Those are pretty rare because there are victory points, technically speaking. But not only do I disregard them, but if, like you said, if you if the bad guy wins, you all lose together. So it gets to a point where you want to support each other for the common cause. Oh, okay, so it's not a every man for yourself type of game. Yeah, the thing with that game, it's like you're you're playing to beat the mastermind, which is the villain, but at the same time, you're trying to compete to get more points than your allies. Does that make sense? Yes. The way I the way I put it was basically you're all like superhero type characters. You're trying to save the day, but at the end of it, if you save the day, who was the best superhero? And <laughs> you're the winner. <laughs> Yeah, that's one. That's an interesting way to look at it, actually. Yeah. I'd never thought about that. In this game, from your experience playing it, do you feel there are any cards that are possibly broken or overpowered? Um, that's an interesting question. Well, like a, I would say, like a lot of games, they were trying to get their footing with their first, their first um, release. So it there is a sense of unbalanced aspects because it was their first release. And in my opinion, up there in the overpowered, broken, should not be used list is Black Widow's deck in general. And can you give examples of why? Well, it's all about cost-benefit analysis. If there's a card that, that is relatively cheap and it can eventually give you a significant amount of attack points because you're attacking bad guys, then I don't think it's... I don't think it's fair. It becomes like a runaway for whoever it is who manages to get those cards or that card. And what would you say are your favorite card combinations? There's so many different sets nowadays, but at the end of the day, is it, what is it? What kind of characters do you like? Personally, I really like the Fantastic Four. I like them a lot because they have a mechanic that has not yet come back in any sets since. Um, it's called focus, where you get to spend your recruitment powers to turn it to do other things. And I thought that to me, you you feel so powerful when you're using them. And there's just something awesome about all of that. So that's probably if I had to pick one. For those 
who are not familiar with our podcasts, this is the DTS Gaming Crew. Stands, DTS stands for Drop the Spotlight. We are the Gaming Crew section of Drop the Spotlight. And we've been lately we've been reaching out to several communities, not just community around us, but communities all around the state. So far, I'm hoping eventually maybe we'll get someone from overseas, but we'll see how that we can work that out. With the intention to give you information on the games that are out there, the communities that are out there, people like Charles who are out there who are willing to help you learn how to play his favorite games. Who knows? Maybe they'll become your favorite games too. So Charles here is actually give us, I guess, sort of a background, a deep dive into Marvel Legendary. Is that what you want to do? Yeah, for sure. And hopefully in the few, there are a bunch of games that I that I know and that I like, and I would be happy to talk about those too. But today I would be glad to talk to you all about Legendary, my thoughts about it, any questions about it. Sure. Okay. So yeah, go ahead. I mean, tell us how you got started playing this game from the beginning. Like, how did you how did you end up here at this point right now playing Marvel Legendary? Well, like I said, my background is a huge comic book nerd, but I started going to my friendly local in Westchester. That friendly local is no longer around but shout out to my current friendly local gamers gauntlet in mamaronic new york go check it out and so i started playing the game me and new gamers started playing the game and i got on relatively early because when i started playing they had just released their first expansion and they were about to release their second second expansion which was their first small box which was fantastic four to to dive into a little bit of a little bit of a meta or a history of the game, Marvel properties were have been shifting around a lot, as we probably all know, if anyone's even paid attention to any of the comic book news. And in 2013, I believe, Fantastic Four, the small box came out. And so small boxes run about twenty less than twenty dollars. Um that's the MSRP. So I got it and I loved it. I was playing it, you know, this is great. I love it's fun, legendary. I found out maybe like six months later that the Fantastic Four small box was no longer being produced because Sony or or I think it was Fox was producing a new Fantastic Four movie at the time. And because of that, there was all this, I guess, rights problems. Long story short, the Fantastic Four small box, that $20 box became a hot commodity for the next five years and was selling on eBay for hundreds of dollars. And the small box was originally worth how much? Uh, probably twenty. For those that may not remember what you know, what Charles is referring to, it's referring to the fact that when was it in the early nineties, mid nineties? I think it was early nineties that uh, Marvel started selling mm-hmm. its properties to Fox so that they would stay afloat, I guess, and not go bankrupt. And Fox has had the right since. I think it's only recent, right, that they were able to buy the properties mm-hmm. back. Yeah. Because of that, Marvel Comics then stopped selling Fantastic Four merchandise, comic books, things like that. That's that's how. So you're saying because of that, like chain effect, that ended up making the price of that box set skyrocket. Yes, that is my well because it stopped being manufactured. Right. Because of the fact it stopped being manufactured, as a result, it, the the demand went way high. And that card deck is the only one that has the team mechanic for the Fantastic Four. It's the so far it's the only expansion that has focus, which to me is one of my favorite mechanics. Since then, actually, 
oh, I don't know how many years ago, maybe like two or three years ago, they did start manufacturing it again. And the price has gone back down to a normal price, which is good. But that's a trend when it comes to legendary Marvel. As the scope of Marvel as a property has evolved and gaming has a hobby has evolved, certain packs are being produced and some are not. So there is a big worldwide like a demand for certain expansions at any given time. Can you give us an example? I, I'm active on a lot of Facebook groups about different board games and there's a lot of legendary people from around the world uh-huh. people are saying like oh i'm in australia and i would really like this expansion but we haven't seen it here in years who can ship it to me things like that okay oh, okay that was just <laughs> one of the that's one of the things that i've noticed about this game it's gotten better because i actually think it's gotten better because in the news Disney Marvel has acquired the rights to almost everything, as you mentioned. So now they're all slowly coming back together. So that's just a little bit about the market of the game. For those who don't know anything about it, you don't you don't need to get a bunch of different expansions. All it does is diversify your experience. And I don't know if you know this, there are actually two core sets that you could technically use. Which is the other one, the X-Men set? No, it's the villain set. Oh, right. Yeah. The Dark City. No, no, no. no. Uh, Dark City is an expansion. Yeah. Dark yeah. City was an expansion. The, the villains had like their own legendary game, but it's Correct. very similar. Yeah. That's, it's, it's technically part of legendary. And, and the company Upper Deck, they have released spinoffs, but I haven't gotten into them for non-Marvel properties, but the same game mechanic. So if alien predator buffy the vampire slayer or 007 or your thing then you know go crazy and buy them but for me i'm not interested is is there a certain expansion you're hoping for to come out one day from any particular hero or series of characters from the marvel universe that's a difficult question because like i mentioned the strength of legendary marvel is the fact that they got so almost I can't even, it's hard for me to think of anyone they didn't touch yet at least once. I would have, I would like a, uh, a set where they bring back the Fantastic Four to have them interact with other characters more. But, but then that, then I'm just asking for basically a sequel to the Fantastic Four box set because <laughs> they got, they got a bunch of X-Men. They got, they're, they have, they just released the new mutants to coincide with the movie that may or may not be released. If, like a dream set of mine would be to to coincide with the the movies X Men Apocalypse and X Men Dark Phoenix, which I love those movies, but a lot of people didn't. But I don't care. I love those movies. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah, that would actually be pretty awesome. That would be really awesome. And uh, you know, don't discount the final the Fantastic Four either, Charles, because the uh, Fantastic Four has had like several iterations of its team, like. I know at one point it was Ghost Rider, Hulk, Wolverine, and Spider-Man were the Fantastic Four. So I yeah, think I would like to see them in Marvel Legendary form with a focus mechanic. <laughs> that would be wonderful. Yeah, that would be. So there's still there's still a lot of options with the Fantastic Four out there. Uh, Black Panther and Storm, I think, have also been in there. So there's a lot that they can play with. Now, I do have a question in regards to, it was a, a, another expansion, Dark City. Now, I understand that that one came out back in 2013. Was that something, uh, is that something that's still being played right now? 
like that particular expansion or did it get discontinued? Well, I don't know about the manufacturing trends of Upper Deck, but I'm going to tell you coming from someone who knows the game well and who talks to the creator and a lot of hardcore fans of the property, Dark City was the first big box expansion and the first expansion to the game. And so there was the base set, then there was Dark City. And I tell everyone who's new to the game, and no one's disagreed with me at this point, where I say that the base plus Dark City is what the game was supposed to be the first time. They just didn't, I guess they didn't want to, it was too much. Because the game by itself, the core by itself is good, it's fun. But it does, you, you start to feel like, oh, there's, a, there's something to be desired. You don't know what it is. And then you get Dark City and then you feel it. You feel, this is the game that I, was, I want. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you completely there. Because I bought the first one alone and then I bought Dark City and I added it and it made the game so much better. Because, I mean, I'm looking, at the, I'm looking at the list of superheroes and villains and I can tell you, like, I can already pick five superheroes off the bat that, you know, like Ghost Rider, Cable, Bishop. <laughs> uh, punisher wolverine you know like it's just like man like this this actually sounds really fun is there any expansions that you feel don't mesh well well we talked about um the villains base game like maverick said there was a there was a base game it's a core set called legendary villains where it's effectively flipped flipped the good guy bad guy dynamic where you play as super villains and you're fighting the mastermind in this guest set is called the commander and you're fighting people like Nick Fury or professor X, but you get to compose a team of people like Sabretooth, mystique, Dr. Octopus, Ultron, etc. I mean, before I go on, what do you guys think about that concept? <laughs> I, I like the dynamic that you're able to play as a bad guy, like as a super villain. Uh, however, I'm not a real big fan of, of this dynamic to of the of the of the bad guys like Sabretooth, Mystique, you know, there are some awesome Marvel villains, but nothing mm. that I would actually want to play as. I would prefer to play more as the the wider range of like awesome superheroes, but not not super villains. That's I'm sorry, that's my opinion. <laughs> yeah, so so that base set came out and it was like Upper Deck was almost trying to experiment with it and Unfortunately, it kind of failed in the sense that it didn't catch fire as much as the corset did. And to me, I am I am a little bit disappointed with that because, first of all, I did enjoy the villain's base set. I bought it immediately because I didn't want it to inflate in price like the Fantastic Four. So I bought it immediately. It's got a lot of cards, and I enjoy it. Um, I, I do wish that there were more supervillains we could play as later on, but... I'm not really complaining, but that's to answer your question was that the, the villains never really caught on. But for me, I like to incorporate them in a lot of my games. Mm -hmm. and that it, would be cool if they revisit more villains. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> like, the, like the more OP villains, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, you know, like, like, uh, like the, the, like Galactus, Thanos, um, Shumagora, oh, there's a lot of them. I can't. There's there's a lot of them. I can't just come off of the top of them off my head. But you know, something like that. You know, like the more overpowered, like God, like mm -hmm. supervillain. Mm -hmm. That would be something I'd totally be down for. Thanos and some of his Black Order friends do appear in, I believe, Secret Wars Volume Two. There you go, man. 
That's all I'm gonna ask. <laughs> uh, uh, wait, what? Which ones though? Which ones? Like, are we talking about Proxima um, Midnight? Proxima Midnight and Corpus Glaive. And oh, I, nice. I, I don't think Black Swan is a member of the Black Order, but she's there. I'm not, I'm not sure who she is, but she's. I enjoy playing as her a lot. Well, you already said two of my favorites, so Corvus Glaive oh, and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and Proxima, yeah. And these villains are the masterminds, right? They're not. They're not playable as uh, yourself, or some of them playable no. to the character. I know you said some of them are playable. But is Thanos and his Black Order, are they like are they interchangeable between Mastermind and playable? So they are Thanos and his Black Order, those people I mentioned, are playable if you get Secret Wars Volume Two. And okay. I'm trying to remember what the bad guys are. But Thanos is the bad guy in the Guardians of the Galaxy box set, which is also a very good box, is a small box set. He's also a bad guy in the Venom small box bad um small box expansion. Where he plays a Venom universe Thanos, where there's like a universe where everyone has the symbiote on them at all times. <laughs> uh, for his scenario, when you pull him out of the, when you play him uh, against you and whoever you're playing with cooperatively, is his scenario different or harder between any of these expansions? If that makes sense. Well, some bad guys are difficult. So some bad guys are more difficult than others all around. But there's also a a set amount of there are certain heroes that that are better than the other heroes, so you'll have a perfectly good time. For example, the five Guardians of the Galaxy, who are the five main cast members from the first Guardians movie, because they're hot properties now, um, mm-hmm. those guys, they came with a mechanic in their small box called shards, where you have little tokens, the box comes with little tokens, where you can gather these shards and later on use them as attack w- during your turn. And it's, it's almost like you just pocket them like change. And to me, that's one of the most powerful mechanics in in the franchise. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you're really struggling to fight a bad guy, consider investing in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Because the, the fi- you, you put them together, they, they can wreck. That's uh, some of those pictures, like with the shards, uh, you can actually see them on our Instagram channel a few pictures back. So that way you have a visual reference as to what we're talking about. It's the posts that we put up on our Instagram, DTS underscore gaming crew with just those cards. I mean, it was it just happened to look at the draw. I think I drew Thanos, obviously, as uh, no. Yeah, Thanos, obviously, is a bad guy and uh, Star-Lord there as one of the heroes fighting thanos and so you can see the shards just slowly starting to overwhelm the opponents just like charles is saying so charles speaking i guess as a marvel legendary fan as such as yourself like i like i said i don't have that many sets compared to what i've seen people collect online and it's just they amass these boxes and boxes of cards that they can play with so i have sometimes problems like figuring out like well which heroes should i get because I'll probably only ever get one game in for the night and I have to decide that these are the heroes I want because I want to play with those heroes. Do you have rules for that? Like when you play in your groups to which heroes you can, can't use, how do you pick them, anything like that? For those who who don't know the game, you really should start with a scheme first. A scheme is basically the rule set of the game and it's like a story. It's a narrative that dictates the rest of your game. So that's the first thing you need to do before you play anything because that will dictate virtually everything else that happens next and when you pick your scheme then then the next step is pick the bad guy the mastermind you're going to fight against 
Some schemes are intrinsically more difficult depending on the mechanic of the mastermind. So that's where people like me come in, where I, where I just know all of the different mechanics that are happening. And I'll tell you right off the bat, you're not going to win against him. You're going to lose in the first round just because of the scheme you've chosen. And after that, I pretty much just pick whichever heroes I, I want. Sometimes I lean toward, oh, I really want to win, so I'm going to get the Fantastic Four and the Guardians out. Sometimes I lean toward, I'll just pick whoever I feel like it. Sometimes, oh, I just watched a Spider-Man movie, so I'm going to pick a bunch of Spider-Man characters, even though they have never fought against Ultron, for example, or something like that. <laughs> I get you. So it's just uh, very casual gaming then. So it's nothing where, I don't know, you guys try to challenge yourself at one point and be like, we're going to pick the worst cards and play them against the best villain. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've had experiences like that, but I usually preface it with the phrase you, that you just said, where I say, hey, we're going to probably lose, so let's just jump into it. <laughs> Those are the best kind of games. I don't know. Like, there's no pressure. You're all having fun. Just duking it out, man, Marvel style. <laughs> well, when I when I teach Legendary Marvel at conventions or at gatherings of pe people who've never played the game, I usually start by asking them which... Like, name a Marvel character that you like. Just name one. And they'll say, well, what if you don't have it? And I'll say, try me. And then they'll say the character, and then I'll pick the character. And then people like it more. When they're learning the game, they like it more because, oh, I love Gambit, and now he's he's a possible playable character. It's funny that you said Gambit because I would pick Gambit. both. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll post one of my Gambit shirts, one of my two Gambit shirts on the Instagram soon, so you so you can verify I have my uh, my fan cards hidden somewhere. <laughs> you know, I would have never taken you for someone who likes Gambit. <laughs> <laughs> What's that supposed to mean, John? I don't know, man. <laughs> I've seen what you got, and I was like, huh? <laughs> no, I'm joking. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, Are you a gambling man, Matt? No. I'd like to think I am, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a good time whenever we play Marvel Legendary. Same here on this podcast with our guest, Charles, sharing his worldly knowledge on this revered topic of Marvel Legendary and its cards, its sets. It's just talk about it because if we don't continue this conversation about the games that we love. Eventually, the games that we love will die out. And I want to prevent that from happening, man. I want to be 60 years old and be playing Marvel Legendary and be complaining that there's too many damn cards. <laughs> <laughs> there's too cards in this deck. <laughs> At your local conventions, Charles, when you're teaching, is it for a tournament or just to try it out and bring in newcomers? It's, it's, it's usually just for fun, like... There's like a the one that I go to that's in New Jersey. It's called DexCon. It's every July. Basically, the way like the games work, if there's a whatever aspect it is, competitive or not, um, if there's a winner, they get points, quote unquote, for the convention, and they can use those points later to get prizes. But no one's like particularly. There's no like big prize for Legendary Marvel. Though those exist. Those do exist. I've read about them. Okay, so this game it can be played competitively in a tournament. Yeah. So I read about it in i think oh what's that gen con yes i've never been to gen con and you guys know what that is obviously yeah yes mm -hmm. 
I heard that that's where they have those big le- upper deck legendary tournaments. And the cool thing about that is the winners, I don't know if it's the number one winner or the number one and two winner, they turn in, they, they get prize money, they get bragging rights, but they get turned into bystanders for the next legendary Marvel set. They get painted and they have their, like their likeness and they get to like what their life is like is in that bystander, which I think, oh, I would love that. <laughs> that's really cool be immortalized man that's awesome i know that's what i'm saying <laughs> i love when companies do things like that magic did that uh i don't know if they still do that but they were doing that the same, exact same thing they would put up a winner i think it was like the pro tour winner they immortalize them in a card or the world tour winner actually one of those things i'll take daniel's words from last week and say i tip my hat to upper deck for such a good idea mm-hmm <laughs> Speaking of Charles, um, initially when I met up with Charles, uh, we talked Marvel Legendary because that's what we had in common. He reached out to me on Instagram and I said, hey, Charles, what's going on? And when we got to talking, he let me know about what was it, Charles? I don't remember the exact details, but like that you were a little upset or not upset, but just didn't agree with someone's top five choices for like the best sets made or best cards. Yeah, there was um there was another podcast that they ranked their favorite small box expansions <laughs> and I personally disagreed with it. It was pathetic <laughs> me. Well, now is your chance, man. Now is your chance to voice your opinion and I don't know, I mean say hey, my top 5 is more accurate than yours and give yeah. us give us reasons um, why you feel that way too. Well, starting with small box expansions, I've I've narrowed it, managed to narrow it down to my top three. And okay, go for it. For me, my my third favorite is actually a one that I just I just broke out, so I haven't had a chance to play it as much as the others. But it's called the Agents of Shield expansion. Okay. It adds it just adds a lot of cool mechanics. If you like the show, you'll like it. If you like a lot of the comic book characters like Mockingbird, you'll like it a lot. And it. It adds shield officers that are new and unique. So instead of just the 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 two recruit characters, you get more you'll get more characters out of that. So that's the game changer right there. My number two favorite small box was the second small box, and it's called uh, Paint the Town Red, and it's a Spider-Man themed box. And this one actually, the villains and schemes shined more than the heroes themselves which is pretty rare. Tell us about that. Why do you feel that way? Well, you get a couple of heroes like Spider-Man with his symbiote suit, and you get some lesser-known heroes, in my opinion, like Scarlet Spider and Moon Knight, because to me they're not as they're not as popular as, you know, your X-Men and your Spider-Man. Yeah. But the villains you get here are Mysterio and Carnage, and to me, Mysterio is... He's the, he's the villain that I choose when... I'm teaching this game for the first time. Mysterio, why is that? Because his mechanic is not that complicated. He just puts up effectively allusions to himself that makes the game a little bit longer, but he doesn't like wreck. Whenever there's a card called a Master Strike that lets the Mastermind attack players effectively, and people like Apocalypse and Galactus, they 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 ruin they 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 don't ruin the game, but they they hurt you bad. Mysterio doesn't do that. He just puts up another illusion. That makes the game longer. More of a nuisance. More of a nuisance, and it doesn't 
doesn't like ruin your hand and which that's it's kind of hard to get players into a game when they're playing the game and out of nowhere you know apocalypse just punches your hand in half yeah and of course he comes with the sinister six and carnage comes with his own bad guys and to me it's just evocative of like the golden age of to me well not the golden age but a lot of the very popular spider-man plot lines like like when he was turning to a doppelganger and there was a bunch of clones running around like all the cool stuff (laughs) Oh, the cool Spider-Man stuff, yeah. <laughs> cool. So that's the that's number two. We got Agents mm-hmm. of Shield on three, Paint the Town Red on two, and I'm gonna guess that it's gonna be a set that you've talked about a lot on this podcast. It's gonna be at number one, but we'll see how how I fare. Go ahead. So my number one small box, to no surprise, is the first small box. It was it's Fantastic Four. It's got to be Fantastic Four because the two super villains in it are the Mole Man. Who's who's like kind of a pushover, and then there's Galactus. Galactus was, is was re- is re- he's so scary. He's so scary. <laughs> For those who are not aware of Galactus's power uh, in this game, it's pretty crazy. So like the whole the whole premise of this game is I uh, like there's villains that start on one end of the city, and they slowly make their way through the city until they get to the end and they escape. So there's five different spaces that those villains have to go through each turn. Sometimes they advance, sometimes they don't. The thing is, Galactus destroys those city spaces one by one every time he draws a Master Strike. And it slowly it makes the battlefield smaller for the enemies. It makes them easier to escape. When they escape, bad stuff happens. And... I think pretty much I like I don't think I've ever beat Galactus once he gets to the second destroyed spot like once he destroys that second city spot like it may as well just be game over because he's he's that strong. I don't know if you've had different experiences with that Charles. So yeah it's exactly what you said and and anyone's familiar with Marvel Comics they'll know that that that's kind of what Galactus's thing is he's just eating everything (laughs) Yeah, and it really and when I was playing it, and I, I'll, I don't know if I'll forget this, reading the rules, I was just reading the rules, and I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, you want me to do what? <laughs> <laughs> At that point, no one, nothing ha- like that had happened in the game yet. The game was always about five spots, villains walk through, the, and then you fight them. This was the first time where it was like, hey, those five spots, no, they're four now. No, they're three now. Have fun with these two spots. Oh, you got one <laughs> spot left. I'm like... And then we're just trying to play the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, so those were the small box sets, right? Like the ones that had, I don't know, like 60, 80 cards or something like that. Uh-huh. Do you have like a top three favorite, the the bigger expansions? Um. Yeah, for sure. I haven't gotten all of the big box sets. But for me, the number three would be the X-Men set. Because a lot of this game is play with the characters that you like. And... The X-Men are a great franchise and they were a powerhouse in the 90s and a lot of people loved them at one point in time and I still do. Cool. And like any mechanics or anything there that stands out that put that set over the edge? Well, I think the the mechanics for that, there were actually some of the some of the weaker mechanics because there are mechanics they introduced that I'm not particularly fond of and I think they were excessive. But to me, what really pulls it in were there are characters you get to play as jubilee dazzler who x23 polaris these are like these are big name x-men that we finally get our hands on and you're fighting against against the hellfire club and the dark phoenix and you're fighting against mojo and to me it's just it just takes me back to to that 90s animated series and it's just great 
Yeah, and that's like some of the less popular characters too. <laughs> and that's always fun to see. Like I'm I'm looking at the set right now and I see Banshee on here. I'm like, oh man, I, I love Banshee. <laughs> I don't know who else loves Banshee, but I freaking love Banshee. <laughs> cool, so that was number three. What you got mm. for number two here? Number two, I got to hand it to Secret Wars Volume 1 because they introduced a huge mechanic that is now the mainstay of every legendary game I play. It's called the Sidekick. The Sidekick is a two-cost card that's just always on the field. A two-cost card that's always on the field? It's always on the field, and you can only buy one per turn because it's so powerful. And when you play it, you get to draw two cards, but then the Sidekick goes back to the stack that it was in. And... Sidekicks changed. It really changed everything. So is that is it's a temporary boost? Is what you're saying? It's kind of like a temporary boost, but you could you could get them and choose not to use them and just hold on to them for later. Okay, interesting. I hadn't heard about that mechanic. I've been trying to catch up on all these sets that I missed, and I <laughs> I guess I missed this mechanic because that sounds interesting. Well, if you if you get Secret Wars Volume One. And then you play with sidekicks once or twice, you're going to think to yourself, oh, yeah, I'm never going to not play with these guys ever again. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I guarantee word. you that. I guarantee you that. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I exclaimed out loud. I'm sorry. I was just looking through the card, the through uh, Secret Wars, through the cards, and the fact that they had, like, um, the fact that they had the, zomb- the, the zombie from the Marvel Zombie series in here, like Venomized Zombie, uh, Venomized uh, Zombie Venom. Mm-hmm. And then Wasteland Hulk from Old Man Logan. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, and I'm yeah. guessing that uh, there's other spider, uh, the other, the different Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man here like Miles. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. As it be. want to try as well, just due to the fact that, you know, that's just like a, just a unique set of, of uh, heroes and villains. That's amazing. Yeah, man. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's, this is all related, by the way, like this podcast topic with Charles here with us sharing his passion for this game that I have as well. And I'm sure there's a lot of Marvel legendary people who feel the same way that are as passionate about this game as we are. And, you know, like John right now, this is a genuine reaction from John that he liked the the concept of the Secret Wars Volume 1. He's looking over the cards and that's kind of the point, right? Let's play these games. Let's connect. Recently, we've been doing a lot of streaming online as well on Tabletop Simulator. And we hope to maybe get Charles in on a few games later on in the future. Or yourself, if you're interested in participating in any of these games, we do have a Discord server where you can join us. So that way we can chat, play games. You can find that information on our social media at DTS underscore Gaming Crew on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So now on to the number one set, according to Charles, an avid fan online from New York. So go ahead. Tell us what your number one pick for Marvel Legendary is. Well, my number one big box expansion I mentioned already is Dark City. Because to me, the way I put it, Dark City is mandatory. It's a mandatory expansion. The core game is nice. The core game is great. That's where you get your basics, and that's great. But I think, I'm pretty sure I bought Dark City and the core at the same time. And you combine the two, and you're going to think to yourself, oh, this is what the game, oh, okay, I see it. That's what you're going to feel like. Once you combine the core and Dark City, you're going to think, oh, okay, now, okay, I got you. That's that's what you're going to feel like. To me, it's mandatory. Yeah, because I, I do feel that the base set, like when I bought it, it was a little bland, and I'm glad. Right. Dark City came out right. soon after. Dark City diversified 
the mechanics. It diversified the artwork of all of the cards. Oh, yeah. It made the bad guys, it made the masterminds not pushovers. Yeah. Oh, you fought the kingpin? You fought the kingpin. Guess what? You're still going to get punished because he's a bad guy. He's not just going to keep giving you gifts like the corset. The corset bad guys just gave you gifts when you fought them every time. Yeah. 100% of the time. That's why I don't play with those bad guys anymore. <laughs> it also gave you, it gave you bystanders that did things for you. Oh, you saved that nurse. She's going to heal your wound. Things like that. That just, that was just mind blowing. It opened up so many possibilities. And you know, I'm actually really inclined to agree with you because this is something looking over the card set for Dark City, you know, it has a lot of, uh, a lot of my, uh, my, my uh, personal favorite superheroes in here, but also a lot of the, of my uh, of my favorite supervillains, like especially when it comes to the underworld, like you have Blackheart, you have Dracula, Lilith, you yeah. know, like that's just awesome. I find this to be like really good. Not to you know, and the emissaries of evil, like I mean, really the only one that really sticks out to me is Rhino because I thought he was just mm -hmm. really cool. And then the fact that you also get the four horsemen, death, famine, pestilence, and war. Mm -hmm. I think that's I think that's amazing. Yeah, it had some pretty iconic villains there. Strife, Mr. Sinister, Mephisto, like the X-Men, a lot of popular X-Men, Nightcrawler, mm -hmm. Iceman being, and Colossus probably being the most popular ones there. A lot of great artwork on these cards. Oh, yeah. yeah they, they're, they're awesome. Yeah. They're top notch. And, you know, I think, mm -hmm. you know, in general, I think that's another thing that, like, when I was learning Magic the Gathering, I think that's what actually made made me also get into it is the artwork. And I think, like, I don't know, maybe there are some people out there that feel like, yeah, and I got into it because it looked awesome, and then it ended up just being fun on top of the awesome artwork. I I can totally get behind, you know, like, a lot of these, the artwork for these are amazing. Like, the way the Punisher looks, the way Wolverine looks, Mr. Sinister, all of them look amazing. <laughs> hats off to the, hats off to the, to the artist, man. This is amazing. Yeah. Charles, we really appreciate you coming in, sharing your sharing, I guess, information about your gaming community, information about Legendary, and of course, giving us your top three small box and big box expansions. Just, I guess, to tie everything together, like I had mentioned earlier, we are going to invite Charles back because we would love to talk to him about Marvel Champions, a game that we're hoping us as a group here will get into. Yes. And yeah. we'll see what we can do with it. We want to take it far because we love the Marvel franchises, not specifically Marvel, but Marvel just happens to be making these awesome card games that we can play together. So, Charles, any last words, any shout outs that you want to give to maybe a local shop where you that you play at or friends, a gaming community, gaming group that you got back home listening to um, you? Yeah. yeah, for sure. But before I shout out, I just want my one last thing about that. It's cool about Legendary. You're talking about the characters that you like. Uh -huh. Because I had this game during the time of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and a bunch of different movies and stuff. Basically, I, a lot of times I would come home from those movies and I think, you know what? Let's let's reenact that movie with I have all these characters. Let's go for it. And I do. We act out Civil War. We have Black Panther. We have like the Vision. We have all these characters like like all out and we brawl out. It's fun. That's awesome. Yeah. That's like yeah, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> keeps that exciting feeling alive that you got back from when you just left the movie and now you get to carry it on <laughs> to the board. <laughs> yeah. 
that's pretty much it. And I can't think of another like another game that really you have this massive pantheon of characters that you can inject into different situations other than like picking up action figures. <laughs> Hero clicks. Hero clicks. <laughs> I'm not going to get into the rabbit hole that is Hero clicks, but that's the other game I can think of that has a Marvel and DC property that you can make any sort of combination you can probably think of. It probably already exists because it's been around so long. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we'll have Charles back in the future. So did you get your shout outs there, Charles, or not yet? Um, well, I'll just shout out to my favorite local gaming store, Gamers Gone in Mamaronic, New York. Shout out to my, my loving partner who I live with. And shout out to my gaming group who I game with online every Saturday. We play Jackbox games. I know they're <laughs> going to be listening to this very soon. But I love you all. And thank you so much for introducing me to this hobby. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah, awesome. and uh, I, I think the st- the name of the store cut out a little bit. What was it there, Charles? Um, it's Gamers Gauntlet in Mamaroneck, New York. Gamers Gauntlet. Okay, all right. I heard gamers, but then you cut off. Okay, cool. Something that we're that if we ever find ourselves in the in New York, we'll have to go check that mm-hmm. place out. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yes, yeah, we're gonna stay in touch with Charles. That's definitely something to consider. Give him a shout out. Be like Charles Mason, you on our podcast. Hey, you're <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> And a special thanks to our sponsor, Puppy Hustle. Puppy Hustle is the name. Our curated fashion is the perfect mix of modern and vintage, trendy and timeless, and allows us to save the world with sustainable clothing, one pre-loved garment at a time. And if you sign up for Posh using the code Puppy Hustle, you'll save $5 off your first order. Again, that's on Posh. Use the code Puppy hustle. One word. Puppy hustle. Say $5. Also on our Anchor channel, uh, you can support us from a dollar to $5 to $9 a month. Any Anything will help. It all goes back to bettering our equipment from mics to what else could help us, Maverick? Uh, how about, I mean, originally, to let you know that... Uh, I was hoping to set up everything where I could record out of one computer, but apparently we need a sound card for that and things like that. You know, like it it would make our lives more convenient here, easier to get these podcasts out to you instead of having to record from like different locations and then having to mix the audio files and all that. Your support would be greatly appreciated. And like Michael said, there are three tier options if you'd like to support us at 99 cents, 4.99 and 9.99 whatever you can afford if you like listening to the soothing sounds of our voices and this podcast please consider donating on anchor fm thank you so much that about wraps it up here for us dts gaming crew doing a dts gaming crew connects with charles from new york a legendary deep dive here with my co-host michael hey guys (laughs) bye michael we'll say bye Oh, bye, guys. <laughs> uh, John? <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys, for listening, and thank you to our sponsors. And we're very humbled by this. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, Charles, again, for joining us here today, and I hope you had a good time. Yeah, thank you, Charles. Thanks, Charles. It was great mm-hmm. meeting you. Thank you for having me. I, I hope to come back. Definitely, definitely going to have you back, Charles. I plan on one day playing Rogue, Gene, and Iceman all together. (laughs) (laughs) What a noob. Get out of here, noob. Jesus. (laughs) Have you learned nothing, Michael? 
<laughs> you know, we're banning Michael from playing the game because he wants to cheese it up. <laughs> oh man! Thank you all for listening. Oh my gosh, is this, this going to be on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs>